Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States opinion in Barr versus Daniel Lewis Lee. Uh, and this is a per curiam opinion with no syllabus, but it's only a few pages, so we're just going to go ahead and read it. Uh, on application for stay or vacator, July 14th, 2020. Per curiam, the application for stay or vacator presented to the Chief Justice and by him referred to the court is granted. The District Court's July 13, 2020 order granting a preliminary injunction is vacated. The plaintiffs in this case are all federal prisoners who have been sentenced to death for murdering children. The plaintiffs committed their crimes decades ago and have long exhausted all avenues for direct and collateral review. The first of their executions was scheduled to take place this afternoon, with others to follow, this week and next month. To carry out these sentences, the federal government plans to use a single drug, pentobarbital sodium that is widely conceded to be able to render a person fully insensate and does not carry the risks of pain that some have associated with other lethal injection protocols. See uh, Zagorski versus Parker. Hours before the first execution was set to take place, the district court preliminarily enjoined all four executions on the ground that the use of pentobarbital likely constitutes cruel and unusual punishment prohibited by the Eighth Amendment. Vacator of that injunction is appropriate because, among other reasons, the plaintiffs have not established that they are likely to succeed on the merits of their Eighth Amendment claim. That claim faces an exceedingly high bar. This court has yet to hold that a state's method of execution qualifies as cruel and unusual. See uh, Bucklew v. Precythe. For good reason. Far from seeking to superadd terror, pain, or disgrace to their executions, the states have often sought more nearly the opposite, developing new methods such as lethal injection, thought to be less painful and more humane than traditional methods like hanging, that have been unanimous or uniformly regarded as constitutional for centuries. The federal government followed this trend by selecting a lethal injection protocol, single-dose pentobarbital, that has become a mainstay of state executions. Pentobarbital has been adopted by five of the small number of states that currently implement the death penalty, has been used to carry out over 100 executions without incident, has been repeatedly invoked by prisoners as a less painful and risky alternative to the lethal injection protocols of other jurisdictions, was upheld by this court last year as applied to a prisoner with a unique medical condition that could only have increased any baseline risk of pain associated with pentobarbital as a general matter, see Bucklew, and has been upheld by numerous courts of appeals against Eighth Amendment challenges similar to the one presented here. See, for example, Whitaker v. Collier, Zink v. Lombardi, and Gissendander v. Commissioner. Against this backdrop, the plaintiffs cite new expert declarations suggesting that pentobarbital causes prisoners to experience flash pulmonary edema, a form of respiratory distress that temporarily produces the sensation of drowning or asphyxiation. But the government has produced competing expert testimony of its own, indicating that any pulmonary edema occurs only after the prisoner has died or been rendered fully insensate. 
The plaintiffs in this case have not made the showing required to justify last-minute intervention by a federal court. Last-minute stays, like that issued this morning, should be the extreme exception, not the norm. See uh, Bucklew. It is our responsibility to ensure that method of execution challenges to lawfully issued sentences are resolved fairly and expeditiously, so that the question of capital punishment can remain with the people and their representatives, not the courts, to resolve. In keeping with that responsibility, we vacate the district court's preliminary injunction so that the plaintiff's executions may proceed as planned. Um, it is a per curiam opinion, but if you work out the uh, the math on the dissents, the uh, the people who submitted the opinion, it was 5-4, and it was uh, Thomas, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Alito, and Chief Justice Roberts uh, would have been in on that opinion. Everybody else dissented. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get a hold of the podcast, I can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number 80.